we became a follower of Jesus, did we decide to just sit back and watch? Or have we decided to dive in head first and become a part of the journey set before us? Or are we active in our walk with him or just waiting for his return? Currently rocking in the school of life. He is here talking about stuff and whatever's going on in his brain. You know it is 100% Bridget! All right, all right, here I am. It's me talking about living life and loving Jesus. <laughs> I want to thank you. I know I, I mentioned something in my last show about getting to 4,000 um, audio downloads. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or wherever your favorite podcast is, thank you so much for getting me there. And above it, you guys are rock stars. We're getting some really good and awesome hits on YouTube. So thank you for you for the YouTube guys. You guys are paying attention. You see what's going on and you are watching. Make sure to share what you see and like and subscribe to everything that you see here. So I'm going to get, get, get well, I just got through a whole bunch of stuff. So I'm going to go ahead and make sure to talk about the things I need to talk about before we get rolling. So here we go. If you are a bearded man, or if you're not a bearded man and you like good shampoo and you like good soaps and things that all natural, hundred percent natural soaps and things of that nature. And if you are a bearded person, you got to check out wildbull.shop wild bull merchandise. This stuff is awesome. They got hats, t-shirts, all the paraphernalia you need, and it's all 100% natural. Make sure to go to wildbull.shop, enter the coupon code WILDBULL100, 15% off, select merchandise, WILDBULL, own your game. All right, so here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. I I just like doing that kind of stuff, so... Got all excited, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna do some stuff. So, um, <laughs> oh, this is awesome. I don't know. I'm, I'm having a good day today. I'm enjoying my day. I hope you guys are enjoying your day. Whenever you happen to watch this, make sure to enjoy your day. So, first of all, I'm gonna start with this. Let's look at what we're supposed to do or what we have been commissioned to do. Now, this is something that Jesus said. He commissioned us to do something. He commissioned his disciples for us to do something. He said, you need to go out and do this certain stuff. And so I'm going to give you some heads up. Here we go. So Jesus, if you're not a believer and you're listening to this for the first time, that's okay. I get into some pretty decent stuff. Go go watch or listen to a bunch of my old stuff. But I'm going to, I'm going to give you some foreground of what Jesus resurrected from the dead. He died on the cross. Three days later, he rose again. And so after Jesus resurrects, he walks the earth and is seen by over 500 people. He's making sure there are plenty of people that saw him, that have actually seen him. You can reference this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 6. Then, after that, he settles in with the original group of disciples. So he takes the 11. <laughs> I'll have to do a Judas story one of these days. But he takes the 11, and he sets them on a mission. Because Jesus is resurrected, he's about to go see and sit down at the right hand of God. So he sets them on a mission. They're commissioned to actually duplicate themselves. Well, what does duplicate themselves mean? Well, that means to make people just like them, to, to make not just followers, 
but also doers. So the disciples are about to become doers. Well, they've been doing. We'll get into that in a minute. And people that accept Jesus as Savior and then assist in the moving of the gospel forward. This is actually the word disciples. So we're going to go to Matthew. This is the, the Great Commission out of Matthew. I know we see the Great Commission a couple of times, but this is the one out of Matthew. I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation just because it sounds really cool. So this is Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. So he especially, especially says, make disciples. So what is a disciple? This is what we're going to talk about today is what is a disciple? Disciple, one who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrines of another, such as Christianity. Now look at this definition. I'm going to read this again. One who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrine of another, such as Christianity. So here we go. This is, this is the key thing to being a disciple. It's not just accepting. It is also assisting. So when you start to become a disciple, you're not just sitting back and watching to see what happens next. You're not just hanging out with the pastor. You're, not, you're doing something actively in the kingdom. I believe the big thing here in this definition is the accept and assist. Without accepting... There is no assisting. So you have to accept first, and then you start assi uh, um, assisting. And without assisting, there was no spreading of the gospel. There's no spreading of the doctrine. There's no spreading of anything. Now, I'm going to get uh, where I get in trouble a lot is, is let's say you started your own business, and you want other people to do the same thing. You want to duplicate yourself in that business, multi-level marketing, so, so to speak. You duplicate the person above you, so on and so forth. It's the same thing. You accept the, you buy in, you accept what's happening, you accept the thing, and then you go, I'm going to assist the person above me by getting more people to do what I'm doing. Does that make sense? And that's the same thing that the disciple is doing. You, are, you have accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and then you start to assist that gospel moving forward. You got the good news. Now it's time for you to bring the good news to other people. So all throughout the Gospels, we actually see Jesus teaching his disciples, and we see them moving in the authority of Jesus' name. Now, if you go back and listen to several of the things I've done just recently, I've actually referenced part of this in like Luke chapter 10, when the 70 go out, they're actually functioning in the name of Jesus. So they didn't just hang out with Jesus. The disciples, I know sometimes it looks like they're just kind of standing in the background, but the reality is they were doing, they were functioning they didn't just hang out with him and wait for him to do and, and wait for him to do cool things they were there to assist him and this is what our main goal is still today so this is our main goal so you might have heard me say this a couple times the book of acts is still being written now what does that mean now if you read the book of acts it has an ending and then it goes into so you got acts matthew matthew mark luke john acts right so then you go into all the other ones after that so people go well the book of acts is ended well if you really take a good picture of what the commission is of what the disciples were commissioned to do jesus told his disciples to make more disciples 
which means that the disciples that did the things in the book of Acts were in the process of creating more disciples, which means there's more and more disciples, which means that it's being written, the book of Acts is being written with the stories of us as people living life loving Jesus, doing and acting on the Great Commission still to this day. Because Jesus commissioned his disciples to create more disciples, like I just said. In Matthew 29, the verses we just read, 28, 29 says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Let me say that again. To obey all the commands. There's a key word in there. It's called all. And Jesus' last command here is to make disciples, people that accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and assist in making more disciples. And that command is part of the statement of all commands. <laughs> so we have to actually have an understanding of this because when you look at what the books of Acts did, it ends at a certain point. Then Paul starts to write his letters and James writes letters and Peter writes letters. And these kinds of things are what comes after the book of Acts. But the reality is those letters, those things that we read, we are taking what Jesus spoke what Jesus taught and we are taking it to other people and we are assisting other people. We are disciples assisting other people to become disciples. So let me say this. So does this mean that our works get you into heaven? So the the more people we disciple, the more people get to heaven. No, that's not how that works. Um, Or maybe to eternal life. No. So notice something that I'm saying here, except I just said this a couple minutes ago, except comes first. We don't have to clean up our lives to come to Christ. Salvation is a free gift. When you receive him, if you have issues and things of that nature, Jesus starts to work on those things. Holy Spirit starts to function inside of you, and you start to clean up your life because that's the natural thing that comes with knowing Jesus. So salvation is a free gift. There's no work involved in salvation. Just simply believing in your heart, Jesus is Lord, and confessing him with your mouth will bring you into relationship with him. But it goes beyond that. And I'm going to read this out of Romans 10, 9 and 10 so that those people that are listening, if you're listening today and you don't know all this stuff and you've never read a Bible before, and if you decide to go read the Bible, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says the whole thing. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that's where we get the terminology of people getting saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So what you're believing and hear about Jesus in your heart, when you speak it out, that activates what's been going on in your heart. And now you step into relationship with Jesus. And really the accepting is easy, so to speak. The assisting is where most of us stumble. A lot of us just a lot of us will take that we go, I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. I got John 3:16, which is good. That's a good thing to have. I got what, you know, my only begotten son and all that kind of stuff. But the reality is there's so much more to be involved in because we are actually called to continue to speak to other people and we don't know what to do next. So we struggle with what the assisting part of being a disciple is. And this is why Jesus told us to take up our cross. We need to find ourselves in a place of learning. We got to find a good church. Okay, so if you don't have a good church, if you don't know a place to go to church, 
I have a link down in the description. You click on generationschurch.tv. Go there. We have a great campus in Reno Valley, San Diego. We're starting one in the Hemet, California area, um, Tijuana, Mexico. Um, and, uh, well, if, if you happen to be listening in Myanmar, which I don't think you are because you might get in trouble. <laughs> we have a campus there. So things are happening with Generations Church, and we're teaching the gospel. And we have to have a church that teaches the whole Bible, that maybe has classes to get you going and keep you growing. When you find yourself in a community of believers, that's the big key. You start to assist when you find yourself in a community of believers who will grow you into a person that assists in spreading the gospel. It becomes natural. So if you don't have, a, if you go to a church and they're just talking and they send you home and they got nothing else for you, they don't have groups, they don't have small groups, they don't have classes that, you know, you get saved in that church and they don't teach you how to continue moving forward. You might want to find a different church. I'm not bagging on those churches. Some of those churches do great, but you got to have the church has to have something extra that keeps you moving, that keeps you going and keeps you growing. So, and I'll be honest, when Jesus describes taking up your cross, this is the thing when, when he says, take up your cross and follow me. It does not sound like a fun thing to do, <laughs> but understanding that assisting actually means helping people get where they need to be it will actually be uncomfortable. It's like, you know, if, if you're not a teacher and you step into a classroom and now you have to teach 20 kids, you're gonna be uncomfortable in that situation until you figure out how to do it. On your first day of work, you walk into a job, you've never touched that register before or you've never offloaded that truck before, you've never stocked those shelves before. So you're gonna feel uncomfortable when you start doing these kinds of things, which is okay and so when I read this, I'm actually going to read this out of the Amplified because this is this is Matthew 16, 24 through 26. And I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. Why? Because it amplifies. <laughs> and it says some things that make sense. So this is uh, what I just say. Matthew 26, 24 through 26. Or sorry, Matthew 16, 24 through 26 from the Amplified. When Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciples... He must deny himself, set aside selfish, selfish interests, and take up his cross, experiencing, ex I'm sorry, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come, and follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example in living, and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of the faith in me. Verse 25, that was just the first verse. <laughs> For whoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it through death. That's natural. We're all going to die. But whoever loses his life in this world for my sake will find it. That is life with me for all eternity. That's the people, you know, I'm going to die and go to heaven. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, wealth, fame, and success, but forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So what this is saying in, in essence is when we accept Jesus, we receive eternal life. That's that the verse 25 there. But there is so much more to it than just waiting to die and go to heaven. And that is the assistance in bringing that eternal life to others. And in order to, to truly do that, we set aside our selfish ambition. That's what taking up the cross means. It says, I'm going to take up my personal selfish ambitions and I'm going to rise up to the ambitions 
of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to conform to his example. I'm going to do all that he commands, just like we talked about at the first verse, at the, the verse at the beginning of all this. We have to conform to his example. In other words, we put ourselves aside so Jesus can be seen in our lives in order to reach the ones in need of a savior. So I'm not saying we change who we are. There's the, 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 a lot of people go, well, you know, I, I was changed. Well, I, yeah, I was changed. If you knew me before today, I am much different person. If I walk up to people today, they're like, oh, look at the big cuddly teddy bear, man. And, you know, a long time ago, it was like, oh, God, I don't don't go into an alley with that man. <laughs> He's a big, scary guy because I came across in that in that way and probably on purpose because of the lifestyle I was living at the time. So it's, he, 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 he actually brings out the thing that was already in you and that he designed you as in the womb. So God made us who we are. He knows our particular set of skills because he knew us before we were born and he knows how to use us to reach the people we will reach. So if you have a, I have a quirky personality. I'm actually very hard to get along with because I, I, I talk about myself way too much and I'm learning that. <laughs> so my conversation, I'm a really horrible conversationalist. Like, hey, how you doing? Pretty good. Have a good day. Goodbye. I'm very short and, and kind of like that. So I, I understand that, but I will reach certain people that have the same type of personality I have. So when I get communicating with people, it starts to open up other things in conversation. Then I can conversate with the non-believer and help bring them to Christ, get them in church, so on and so forth, and all that kind of stuff. And because we're not all called to be pulpit preachers or traveling evangelists, but we are all called to the ministry of reconciliation. And that's part of discipleship, assisting people to know Jesus. Here's 1 Corinthians chapter 5. So this is where this comes from. I'm going to read this. I'm going to read in the New, in the new Living Translation. I'm going to read a main verse in the New King James so you can actually see where I get that terminology from. I know sometimes I use a lot of uh, Christianese. So like the ministry of reconciliation, bringing people to know God <laughs> it would be the simplest term. So here we go. This is 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20 in the New Living Translations. And all of this is a gift from God. This is what I said. The salvation is a gift who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him, bringing people back to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are now Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So we're actually speaking for Jesus once we receive him, we start to speak about him. When we start start to speak for him, we are his hands and feet on the earth. So this is the New King James Version of, of the first verse of that. It says, this is verse 18. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Now catch what he's saying here and how he's saying it. He says, he has given us. He's talking, uh, Paul is writing this to the city of Corinth, and he's saying, look at us as a whole. If you're a believer, this is what you have to do. You are called 
to the ministry of reconciliation. You are called to bring people back to Christ. You are called to talk to the backslidden. You are called to talk to the lost. You are called to do these kinds of things. This is the natural thing, the one thing, the discipleship process of assisting people at the bare minimum, getting them back to know Jesus. So when we accepted Jesus, we took on this ministry automatically. And this becomes our drive to assist in growing the kingdom, to make disciples, to bring others to know Jesus, connect them to God. We are the new trailblazers of the good news. It is up to us, the ones that live life loving Jesus, to reach out to the people that need to accept and assist in the journey that is following Jesus. Right on, right on.